Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. Uh, first one of November. Uh, pretty yep. Yep, good times. Uh, this is Rob White, uh, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2014. And this is Roy May, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2015. And we have maintained uh, COVID protocols for attendance, um, in case anybody was curious if we have <laughs> too many people here. Um, what a hot button issue for the hogs. You know, uh, it's it's so funny to me. It's like sorry, I couldn't help but get right into it. It's hey, been so ridiculous. It, it has been absolutely ridiculous. Sure, we can jump right on top of that. It's just for those of you who've been keeping track now. Uh, in the last two victories at Kyle Field, both of which were good wins for this for this A and M team, Fortress Hate Barn has been holding firm so far here in 2020. The two gripes that have come out, both same gripe from both head coaches, uh, Dan Mullen and Sam Pittman. Well, not and not direct. And not direct, but gripes. Uh, lots of shade. Shady gripes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shady gripes have been in terms of our attendance at Kyle Field, which has just been kind of the funniest gripe I could possibly think of. Because, you know, at this stage they, of they, the year. They said just on. enough to get their fan bases fired up. Right. You know, without actually very specifically saying, I think they're over capacity. Which... And this goes directly into really like your lifeblood, like your life maroon blood. Mm-hmm. If if you think we need a hundred thousand people to be loud, go to Olson, man. Go to a baseball game at Olson on a Tuesday night where nobody even cares about the opponent, and you will realize that Aggies are loud. So I'm super sorry that you're super butt hurt about all of the attendance you perceive to be there. Right, but in Arkansas, it's gotten even worse about it, and I can understand Arkansas even being saltier. Sure, uh, just because, man, that's uh, in case you guys ran out of fingers or teeth, because all things that go in Arkansas, um, that's <laughs> nine. That's nine straight, and yeah. and we'll get into the fact that this was a lot more convincing than you covering the spread. Nine more years, ladies and gentlemen, will it into existence? <laughs> we need this. But yeah, but I will I will touch on just uh, fun little facts. So coming into the game uh, about attendance numbers, the attendance leaders uh, across all conferences at this point. Granted, you know Big Ten and some other people aren't doing full capacity or whatever. Yeah, Big Ten is still family kind right. of close friends. Mm-hmm. So right now your attendance leaders, I'll go ahead and go low to high. Number five, Georgia, they're averaging 20,524 people, 22% capacity. Yeah. LSU's averaging 21,490, 21% capacity. They'd be at that 25% capacity if they didn't suck. You're not wrong, <laughs> man. And uh, then you have Tennessee, who's got 22,357. Uh, That's 22% of their capacity. Oklahoma's at 22,700. That's at 27% capacity there. And then top attendance... Across everybody's Texas A&M at 24, 391. We're at 24% capacity averaged, which, you know, I think we had a slightly lower crowd for um, that Vanderbilt game. But every other game has been A&M cruising. Well, I, two things about those, and I, and I saw those numbers. The two things about those numbers that surprised me, uh, and then a statement on the backside. One, uh, that Oklahoma has that big of a stadium. No, their stadium's pretty good size. I, I didn't realize. I honestly, I didn't realize it was that big in Norman. I don't, I don't really pay attention to Oklahoma football that much. I think they're anywhere from like eighty-eight to ninety. So, and and then uh, two, I was surprised that Oklahoma was hitting twenty-seven percent. Mm-hmm. But again, the SEC is a twenty-five percent. Um, the Big Twelve might be doing by state, so right. it might be different. Um, and then the statement on the back of those two is: if you want more people, maybe you should have had a bigger capacity. Right. Maybe if you, like, you got to realize we built a cathedral, man. Yeah, we did. And, you know, talk about Kyleville. And everybody loves to post the pictures about the core. Everybody loves to post the pictures about the student section. But in reality, if you look at pictures around the stadium, it just, it's not reflective of what the capacity is going on there. Well, it, it, it reminds me of, uh, I mean, I yell, you look up and it just seems absolutely packed all the way to the rafters. And realistically, you know, third deck probably wasn't full. It was only like half full. Second deck may, may only have been like, Three quarters of a deck full. Right. So when you're down there that low, and they and when A and M and I'm not trying to be an apologist. Like I, I don't I don't care what Arkansas fans or 
boo-boo lift about it. I really don't care. Right. And I really don't care that Dan Mullen, the guy that showed up to his press conference in a Darth Vader vest, <laughs> or Darth Vader mask, after he went after Mizzou players and has been fined and sanctioned. Right. Um, I, don't, I really don't care what he has to say. But Arkansas fans are just salty. Like, of all the flavors, you chose salty. And I'm really sorry... That you guys came in here on a high, coming off of, again, 11 turnovers, actual turnovers. Not right. talking about red zone uh, failures, because sure. y'all didn't force some of that. Just crappy play calling. So, look, Arkansas, I, I think, is still is still going to get there. I think Arkansas will rise above the Mississippis. Right. Um, and that's where you'll stay. Right. And, and I and you just enjoy that. Just You know what? I'm going to tell, tell Arkansas fans this right now. Just enjoy that. Just right. That's your place in life. And uh, we will definitely get more into that here in a little bit. I'm going to run through the top 25 scores. I do want to do that. No, I'm going to run through them. So, Daylight Savings Time screws everything up, right? Uh, something like that. All right, so I'm going to screw up how we do this. I'm going to run through the top 25 because I think a lot of these aren't worth talking about. All right, sure. Why not? Let's get into it. <laughs> All right. So, and I'll, and I'll go kind of just in the order that, that I pulled this side up on. So, Oga beating Kentucky, 14-3. was surprising they didn't win by more. But I think, uh, it, again, it's Oga. I think Kentucky is a little bit better than we give them credit for. Michigan State beating Michigan. It's a rivalry game. We didn't know how good Michigan State was. But this is also Michigan, Michigan State's team that lost to Rutgers. Yeah, but this is a Michigan that you know barely beat what might be or turns out to be maybe an overrated Minnesota. Who again, knows? they're coming late to the game where their rankings are kind of skewed. So a lot of the ranks are... are you know, they're just guessing on these Big Ten teams. Iowa State blowout Kansas isn't surprising. Cincy is what it is. Maybe Memphis isn't as good anymore. You know, the Big Big Twelve is garbage. Nobody cares about Coastal Carolina. Clemson got stuck. Um, and this isn't a two-week trend because of the week four with Syracuse. I'm a firm believer. Go look, literally, just go look through the years. Syracuse and Clemson is always a tough game. I don't know why, but it always is. And then this week, Clemson doesn't have Sunshine, and Sunshine is a Heisman candidate kind of player. Um, Notre Dame, it, Notre Dame doesn't matter because they have to play Clemson. Indiana beating yeah. Rutgers is weird, um, but I, I'm I will never be on an Indiana football hype train no. ever. No. Uh, the Sips is hilarious. Well, I think what just made that game just that much of an extra little cherry on top of the weekend is not only does it eliminate the Big 12 from any kind of playoff contention. But Herman's still gone. But Herman, I, in, you know, you say he's gone, but at the same time, this does nothing but help his case well, to he, stick around, and well, that's what we want. If the dude runs the table, he'll be in the Big 12 championship game, which is such a weird thing to say. But, yeah, the Big 12 is so fractured and so crappy that he could end up in the Big 12 championship game. Um, and, you know... Bama did to the Bulldogs what we thought they would. I mean, just um, absolutely incredible. Navy is a terrible football team and put up 37 on SMU, which I thought was crazy. Yeah. Uh, Penn State gave Ohio State a little bit more than I thought they would give them, to be honest, but still covered the spread. Um, you know, the Florida game, the Oklahoma game, you know, a lot of these aren't close. UVA and UNC, everything comes back down to right. earth for UNC. And I, right. and I thought that was – yeah, we talked about that. Uh, the ACC is weird. It, it is. It's, there's, there's Clemson at the top, and then who's next? And maybe it's Miami at this point. I don't mm. know. I still don't believe in BYU, nor do I care about it, because BYU right. doesn't play anybody. Like, beating Western Kentucky by 31 at home is basically the ultimate of non-conference games. I shouldn't count. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but. so... So we go through all this. Uh, the big thing is uh, about the only other surprise I did have was West Virginia just pouring it on Kansas State. But it, well, but I think the Big Twelve is trash. Right. Like the fact that Kansas State is ranked 16th given their opening week losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if the pollsters took my, uh, you know, kind of approach from last week and threw out the first game, then I could see where you would think Kansas State would be ranked. Um, oh, 16th I, is a is a it was high bit, bit yeah bit high. It was, it was high. But. Um, but it but that goes to show you, the Big 12 is... Uh, is there even a class of the Big 12 right now? No, it's just kind of a whole meddled mess. So, the, so let's go through the conferences. All right, ACC, conference. obviously, yeah. Clemson. Sure. Even without Trevor Lawrence. It's Clemson. Still managed to find... Uh, did you see the kid playing for Clemson, the yeah. backup quarterback? He did well Oof. in the second half there. Um, speaking, of backup, or speaking of quarterbacks that I really hadn't watched, that quarterback from LSU, mm. you know who he reminds me of? 
Jamarcus Russell. I can see that. Same size. He can throw off his back foot 70 yards mm-hmm. and really doesn't make great decisions and will eventually be a flop. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair way to put it. I think, um, you know, golly, you know, just, there was so many wild games. This well, but, 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 cl- but class of the leagues. So, Big Ten, I think it's obvious. It's got to be Ohio State. It's going to be Ohio State. And There's nobody that, else. I don't think anybody's close. You, you thought maybe Michigan might be close given Minnesota's rank when they beat them. But that's it. You They're know, done. you gotta They're wonder. Done. you got to wonder how much every week Georgia's sitting back just shaking their head the fact that Fields is just out here balling every week. And he's going to ball every week. Given uh, how Bennett plays, that's a that's a, that's a brutal transfer. It is absolutely brutal. But, but even then, I mean, think about it. Dude, they have Bennett and they're playing well. Sure. You know, like, right. imagine, and obviously if I was an Oka fan, I'd be like, dude, if we just had Fields. Because, Yo, you know they're talking I, about that I on mean, their podcast. Maybe that Bama game is a point or two. You know, yeah. maybe they beat Bama. Who knows? Who knows? You know, it's, it's college football and quarterbacks are king. That's right. More, even more so than the NFL. No, no doubt. <laughs> um, you look at some, I kind of want to touch on a couple extra games that were not ranked. Uh, SEC games. Uh, so Auburn absolutely taking it to LSU. You know, I mean, I think we just kind of said that was kind of a freaking, I, no, I, like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation. I just don't think it has anything to do with how good Auburn is. I, that's, I don't that's think it the is thing. Um, I, I, I will I'll pound on this narrative until I am proven otherwise. I don't think Bo Nix is the answer. I think Bo Nix is the name. I think LSU is terrible. And yeah. on top of that, no matter how terrible they may be offensively, dude, they have Bo Pelini. So they're really bad now. Oh, yeah, defensively they're now, rough. Imagine you having like an average, like even just average offense, and you hire Bo Pelini as your defensive coordinator. Bo Pelini's getting $44,000 a week to coach that defense right now. Think about that, guys. How many of y'all fresh out are looking at $40,000 a year? A year. A year. This dude is getting, I mean, God, I and could you screw go, up, you're gone. Well, and the thing is, I would happily go in and take a contract like that, screw up a program, and go home and take all my millions away. Dude, for $44,000 a week, I will wear purple and gold. Yeah. I will run kind of my old Tecmo Bowl NCAA 14 defenses that I used to throw at. I'll tell you one thing, there'll be a lot of blitzing. There would um, be. And praying to God, my secondary's good. So it's just, I, honestly, you look at these Bopolini defenses, and you sit there and, and you know, for the the us who played the NCAA game growing up, it, was that how he learned? Like, right? <laughs> I mean, what is he doing? But um, but again, we we say it every week. Couldn't happen to a better group of people. No, not upset that LSU is getting their doors blown off. Well, so you got to love that yeah. next to last week game. Yeah, you know, the next to the last week of the season, yeah. we get to play the Bayou Bengals here in Aggie Land. Right, and, and if you don't think there's a revenge factor. And these players are fifty to seven. They're, they're absolutely. Sure I, if we if we bury them seventy to seven, I will not. Seventy seven or nothing be nice. I've seen that score in the other. Oh room. my god! I would man, that would be just epic. But you look at the slate of games, um, and we'll kind of get through. We'll kind of go through this obviously a little bit more in depth. Yeah, you like, know, South Carolina, Tennessee, two away games. Uh, you know, back to back, which which is it doesn't matter how good you are. That that does take a toll. But like LSU. Auburn and Ole Miss. Okay. Right. You know, it's like you feel like if you were to give us a stretch, that's not the worst stretch to be given. And so if as, you had to have back to back away games, South Carolina, Tennessee. I mean, maybe you trade Tennessee for LSU, but. Right. I mean, I'll, I mean, we'll certainly take it at this point. I think looking at uh, just every other game in the SEC that we've touched on at this point, I mean, other than Auburn, other than uh, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, which kind of yeah. went as we expected. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's Vandy and Mississippi State this week, isn't it? God, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out here in a bit. I feel like it's Vandy and Mississippi State, which... Um, if there was a butt bowl man, in the SEC. go Vandy. Go Vandy. Go Vandy. Um, so, uh, so uh, rehashing the old scores, I, I'm good with it. I... I, I it, you know, a lot of that stuff doesn't matter because we're already a couple days removed, and uh, I'd rather just talk about our game. Right, and we can certainly get into our game. That's but we can do right but now. since he, like, I don't care if since he beat anybody, I really don't. Like, they're they're and, and I understand that they're beating teams that I mean they're beating the Memphises and the SMUs of the world by thirty points. Okay, yeah, but they're beating the Memphises and the SMUs by thirty points. And I saw some uh, online that was like. We should schedule Cincinnati the week of the SEC championship game. First of all, dumbest idea ever. 
Okay, I would love to hear your point. Yeah, no. Please, please, because please, it, enlighten me. Why because because the if they're ranked ahead of us, enlighten me why that wouldn't be a good game to play. Why would you randomly schedule at this point? Because you'd really have to start scheduling now. Mm-hmm. So what happens if either of us trip on, our, on ourselves and we're just playing a, a useless game, well, which mean, destroys our bowl rankings? Well, and if we beat Cincinnati, shouldn't every person that has a normal head on, on their shoulder be like, yeah, an SEC team is better than Cincinnati. So it really doesn't help us that much unless you really care about very specific rankings and the bowl seedings. Look, if, if this that's is all going to go Cincinnati is, isn't beating anybody. If that is the difference between us getting in the playoff and not, would it be worth it? If that would be the difference. If that's if, if, the if difference. They're, if they're sitting at number four. If that's the difference between us getting in the playoffs or Cincinnati getting in the playoffs then the system is just as garbage as it was. Well, we know that. I guess we're like, oh, it's a 2020. Why not give a group of five team a shot? Because they weren't good when they had to play out of conference. So now all of a sudden you're saying, you know, we can't really rate the the power fives because they're not playing group of five. (coughs) You're just finding excuses. If if this would happen to anybody, though, it would be us on this year. That's fine, (laughs) but, but you're finding excuses as to why we have to play an extra game for no reason against an opponent that... Wasn't on our schedule at all, much less in six weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing good to come of it. Cincinnati will play their games. And look, if the voters decide that Cincinnati's worth a crap going to the playoffs, then maybe this is the year they realize that there's no reason to ever have Division One football outside of Power 5. Because right. Cincinnati will get their doors blown off. We'll go play in the Sugar Bowl, beat the crap out of somebody, yeah. the Cotton Bowl. Where we end up, we'll, we'll be in a year six, we'll beat the snot out of them. And the shoulda, woulda, coulda won't matter. No, you're right. Because I'm not saying we can turn around and beat Bama, but we didn't. So why would you even, it's either Bama or Clemson that right. we have to beat, or Ohio State. Yeah, and that's all right. Um, so why not sacrifice up the G5 now? But I, I think it all washes out to where writers, you know, right now I saw it on Barstool. They're like, oh, well, you know, how, you got to start giving Cincinnati props because they've beaten the crap out of the SMUs and the Memphises of the world. Like what any, planet do we live on when we're talking the, about the SMUs and the Memphises of the world? Well, I mean, no one's, I mean, anybody <clears throat> in Power 5 is going to be Just because the SMU and Memphis played to 120 points in a game doesn't mean either of them are good. No, I mean, like I said, it's I, not It's not comparable. <clears throat> and that's, and that's you know, you know we don't so necessarily. I, I just, know. I think it's complete, I, I think it's a complete waste. It, it, I think it, it's it insane. Well, and it very well could Because, I mean, I, mean I, I feel like, Cincinnati is in a conference as a conference championship game. Yeah, they have that, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's let them go do that. Yeah, well, and so if they're undefeated at the end of the year, where do they end up? I mean, are they going to play us when they have a conference championship? If they game? are undefeated at the end of the year. Where do they end up? Probably in the playoffs. You think they will? This year, do you think that happens? I mean, if if there were ever a year where people were looking for excuses to include the G five in the playoffs, and and I don't, I don't know dick about Cincinnati's conference, and I don't care. And also, I mean, and and I guess this is another factor to throw in. But I mean, I would, lo- and I really do want us to get into the game here. But the other factor to get uh, to kind of touch on here was, you know, the fact that Pac-12 hasn't even played yet, and so we don't even know what that's going to look you like. You might have a six-win undefeated Pac-12 team coming out, and, and so again, what would push out of Cincinnati would be Pac-12, not us. Right. I mean, unless the Pac-12 just completely eats on, you know, just, which is entirely possible. Yeah, well, I mean, less. Hey, they've done less everything out on the West Coast. Yeah. So especially with you know the wildfires and everything, yeah. the COVID, and then they also have the wildfire. So there's been a ton of factors <clears throat> for the Pac-12, but <clears throat> like Cincinnati has a conference championship game to play in. So this whole let's schedule Cincinnati. Why do you think they'd even agree to it? They've got a conference championship they have to play in. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the same weekend. <laughs> but, okay, then, but, so then why would they agree to it? I don't know. It's 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 a it's a dumb suggestion that on the face you're like, all right, sure, it makes sense. So we can play our way, in, play our way into the playoffs. You had your chance to play your way into the playoffs and you lost to Alabama. Right, well, it's, okay, it's more of, it's more of a it's more of a chuckle. Than anything. No, you asked me why I thought it was stupid. I'm telling you exactly why I think it's uh, why, why I think it's stupid. It's stupid. Right. Like Cincinnati's got a conference they play in. Yeah. It's not like they're you know independent. They're, they're going to choose their own fate. And what happens if they come back around and play a team they beat and they beat them and that team beats them in the conference championship? Mm-hmm. Then we saved ourselves some random stupid game that some moron decided would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. We save ourselves a week of play yeah. and then in possible injuries, a little bit of extra rest, extra study. 
Yeah, rest probably being the most important. Probably, thing. but and Cincinnati plays themselves out of it. Well, at, at this point, it's all moot point if we don't cruise through our schedule. So. Uh, yeah, again, if we don't, if we don't win out, none of this matters, anyways. Right. If we win out, I still don't care. I'm still not going to play. I still don't agree to playing Cincinnati in a right. one-off. This, you know, this right. isn't. This isn't March Madness. No, so yeah, let's, I do want to go ahead and jump in on the game here since we do have it pulled up. Um, so we do have, yes, Texas A&M, final score 42-31 over Arkansas. Uh, and the yes. game, let's go ahead and just say the score obviously did not reflect the final, what actually happened in this ball game. This was offensively a complete dismantling of a team. Six straight touchdown drafts. Yes. Uh, Mond just, oh guys, 80%. I mean, just, Mond played phenomenally. And we talked about the run setting up Weidemeyer. Weidemeyer had like 92 yards, two touchdowns, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, tight ends are a beast. Doesn't matter if it's a man or if it's or it's zone. If you're if you're if you can establish some run and you can establish some offensive uh, kind of progression and and just you start to roll on offense. And so we gave up 461 yards uh, to Arkansas in the game. And, and don't get me wrong, there were some defensive things here and there that you'd always like to have back. The targeting was doo doo. Um, oh sure, and there was plenty of. I mean, there was, you know, there were a number of different penalties. The SEC, like, there's yeah. terrible calls. We've got to get used to it. There's always terrible calls. But, um, I mean, I, we can certainly look at and things that we need to touch on, well, things we need to fix. But so, so, look at this. So, we're 42-31, right? So, mm. we don't cover the spread. You take it away 14 is 42-17, right? Mm. Uh, Arkansas's last two scoring drives cover 144 total yards, and that includes a little bit of the back end of the third quarter because that first scoring drive was third to fourth quarter. Right. Um so we have a 317 yards and three quarters and 17 points. Mm-hmm. Overall, can't complain about that. Can't complain. You talk about rushing. They had like 68 or 70 passing in the fourth. They had like 40 rushing. Um, so again, the rushing numbers a lot, uh, pretty similar. When you think about we just uh, Ma, Kellen Mon attempted one pass in the fourth quarter. Right. We just shut it down. Uh, it was unfortunate that we couldn't execute to to really burn the clock. But we shut it down. So we'll do the sustains and improves again. And uh, I'll let you – do you want to do more sustains or more improves? Um, Well, I think I would like to touch on improves. We'll we'll each do one and then – okay, so we'll start with sustains first. Let's talk about what we did good, right? Okay, sure. Let's go ahead and get into that. So I would say one of my sustains, absolutely 100% without even a questions O-line play. Goodness gracious, Maroon Goons are the top, I would say, probably the top unit on the team right now. Oh, on the team, absolutely. And I would say they're the second best offensive line in Alabama. And they may be the second or third best offensive line the way they're playing right now in the country. The fact that you have, at this point, given up a grand total of one sack, and that was in the second quarter. Nope, one sack. One sack. And that was against Vanderbilt in the second quarter. Quarter of the first, and even game. then, you're like it, it's semantics. One sack, two yeah, sack, one Google. sack, two sack. At this point, you've had 144 straight dropbacks without a sack given up. That's good. That that's beyond and, good. And and we watched the game, so it's not like Mon has been running for his life. It's no. not. He really he's he just has had a to, pocket. He's had to slide into a pocket left to right, upper back. But that's that's what offensive lines do is right. is they maintain a pocket, but the pocket might shift, but it's they still protect it. You can slide left, you can slide right. right. That's, you're still in the pocket, and you're still comfortable. There's no pressure, and even a, even an average quarterback is going to pick you apart. You can drop six, and you can drop seven. You can drop eight. If you give the dude enough time, the fact is the receivers know where they're going. Defenders are reacting. Mm-hmm. You'll always find somebody open because at some point it becomes like sandlot football. Like you go there because mm-hmm. hey, or hey, crap, I'm here now, and like all the routes are out the window, but. The offensive line, well, and, and not just Mon, the offensive line is absolutely mm-hmm. making this team go. Right. No doubt. So, um, yeah, give me one. I'll give you the defensive line. Okay. And you know what I'm going to add in the linebackers? Sure. Um, uh, there's been a, a ton of pursuit. I love to see a bunch of maroon helmets around the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's one guy trying to tackle in pursuit, um, when it's linebackers reading plays, defensive ends pursuing from the backside, the effort – and it's not just effort. Uh, you, know, you have to have, you know, all the effort in the world is going to matter if I'm on the backside and trying to pursue an actual, you know, it's right. got to be talent there. But um, it, it feels like the the defense 
it's it's two parts. They're playing together. So you have like you know you have your uh, the linebackers in the line are really playing for each other and love each other. You have the the secondary they're really playing for each other and love each other. And then together they're playing defense. They're not like fragmented where they're like you know blaming each other for anything. No. But the front seven is gelled at a level that. I don't think secondary has yet, but again, the youth in the secondary, right. you don't expect to see it, but they're getting better. And I will say, you look at Arkansas's offensive line, certainly better than what Mississippi State's was, and they still played pretty pretty damn well. They did. Uh, they, they, they moved the line around. Um, again, I, 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 we'll get into the improves, but, um, but, but again, I thought, the, I thought the line played well. Um, I, I really think kind of that that front really played well, not just the line, but the, but the linebackers as well. Oh yeah, no, like, yeah, pretty much anybody. I mean, they all did very well for themselves. Um, Another sustain. I think we both sure, say mine. Sure. Well, I would say, say yeah, I would say we just go yeah, yeah, so kill mine. If, if, like we ain't gonna explain it. Go look it up. Mond is a sustain. Probably the best game I've maybe uh, seen him play. This was his best. This I know was better than Florida. But this was his best statistical game in the Maroon and White. Well, and, and you look at that and you wonder if maybe one of those sustains is the offensive play calling. Right. You know, let's let's set this up offensively. And as much as we love in college to see these high-flying offenses and high-scoring offenses, the, the pro kind of approach that Jimbo brings with tight ends, running backs, fullbacks, it, it suits Mond very well, yeah. especially and, being a mobile quarterback. Right. And with Kellen Mond, and in addition to that, what I will go ahead and add as an addition to that is was the fact that we did have good – Good scheming, good play calling. There weren't issues at the line where we were like running out, having delay of games. We weren't having troubles getting the calls in like we did against Florida. We didn't have those issues this game. You know, offense it, was just clicking it, on all it, cylinders. It, it, literally all cylinders. Offensive coordinators, uh, you know, players being attentive when they needed to substitute, uh, you get the play calls in. I, I thought that I, I, I'll give you a four sustain game management was really was phenomenal. Was real good, absolutely so, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, as far as improves. Improves, Right, yeah. and we really wanted to touch on that. Um, I would say probably my one improve I really wanted to touch on was uh, penalties. We doubled them up on penalties almost. Yeah, they had they had five. Um, let me actually pull up the stats here. Uh, you look at the penalties for them. They had five for 51 yards. We had nine for 100 yards. So, I mean, you know, that's an additional 100 yards that we had of offense and really defensively that we could have done for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That we're just giving up because of silly mistakes. Yeah, uh, but I but this has been an outlier for penalties though. I thought that game was a bit of an outlier relative to the rest of the season. Sure, um, we're certainly not one of the most penalized teams in, in the nation by any means. No, um, in fact, uh, you know, some of the stats you've been seeing this year from from us are so encouraging. You know, best in the nation on third down conversions, which has offense. been awesome. Um, yeah, that. oh yeah, another sustain. Great sustain. Yeah, yeah, yeah keep converting third downs. Huge, huge fan. Big deal. But but I I, I thought I felt like there's a bit of an outlier. Um, it, it, this game is chippy down the field. It was. And Texas, Arkansas, the, these kids are chippy. And, and, and so while you still like to see that discipline, um, you know, keep it in check, it, I, if, if this becomes a problem moving forward, I think it's something you address. Sure. Um, this specific game, it's absolutely an improve. So don't make it, uh, you know, yeah. a, a pattern or a habit. Right. Um, uh, one of my improves will be putting the game away, and I get that 42-17, you kind of put the game away. But once you know they went on that scoring drive and moved it in, you know, moved that kind of, you know, they got to 23 or whatever it was. Yeah, you're 24. like, all right, or tw- excuse me, 24. You're like, all right, well, let's impose our will one more time as opposed to just running three or four times, getting a couple penalties sure. and punting. That I I like. Look, I love the fact that we were able to just go into a shell, but. Like once they scored that, I think it, it would have been nice to see one more. E- well, even just even just right. drive down the field and kick a field goal because on top of that you're burning clock. Right, and I, one thing I will say that this particular play style that we did in the fourth quarter and late part of the third, uh, that kind of play calling absolutely would have won us the UCLA game in seventeen. Well, yeah, it, well, and it won us this game, but I, I didn't say like just keep going after it and, and being stupid. No, but it's. Once they scored, there was a need to maybe impose a little bit more will to just kind of burn more clock. Really, the, the word I the word that or the words that came across uh, when I looked on uh, when I looked online that really made a lot of sense to me was killer instinct. Like not to say you know we didn't do a poor job of obviously playing well in the game and winning the game. We did, but being able to just smother a team out yeah. of existence. Dude, that's it, what we want. It's, it's blood sport. You know, you got to finish the guy. Right. And, um, 
And so if at that point, if the score is up 49-31, there's I, honestly I think for the people that you know the, the writers that don't watch the games per se, I think there's a different narrative. The 42-31 is in theory a two-score game, you know. Granted, with no time left, but it's a two-score game, and there's a lot of optics involved in this. And um, so I, I would like, yeah, like like you said, that killer instinct. And, and again, I mean, at 42-17, you're like the killer instinct is good, but once they drove down between the third, the end of the third, and start of the fourth, and made that was like 75 yards, uh, 75 yards scoring drive. You can't just go into a shell and run when it comes to national perception and whether you like that part of college football doesn't really matter. You can't go out there and with a final score of 42 to 31 against a, in a game you just dominated. It, it, and it's, and that's the reason why you're going to see teams like Georgia or teams like Florida eventually jump us in the rankings is going to be because. Well, Georgia's ahead of us, aren't they? Well, Georgia is ahead of right. us, but I'm saying when, if Florida wins next week, which we'll get into, um, you know, Florida beats Georgia. Florida will probably jump us in the rankings despite the fact we won that game. And the reason why is because there is a national perception of programs like Florida, yeah. Georgia, people who have been established so, there. So as much as I'd like to see Florida beat Georgia to kind of substantiate our win, I know what that would do in the polls. So what you have to look at, it, like you're a big Georgia fan this week, and you're a big Georgia fan by winning by like three or four points. Yeah, I would say... Uh, Georgia needs right. to win and by no more than, like, six. Right, it needs to be a tight yeah, maybe game. Maybe seven. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, no, t- maybe a touchdown, touchdown game, yeah. And, and I think that's how you have to look at, as an A&M fan, knowing just how polls work and how this all this works out. You need Florida to, to play competitively against a higher-ranked team but still not win. Right, and I think that what that will do for us is obviously eliminate another contender for that outside for the spot. right. right. And, you know, we did get one of those with Oklahoma State dropping. Uh, and we just need to keep seeing those go forward. Well, and here's the fun thing about group of five teams. Uh, not to say Oklahoma State's group of five, although, but, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> whatever. Whatever. But group of five conferences have this weird ability to, even when they have one of the best, highest ranked teams in the nation, somehow just step on it, you know. Uh, and just some sense you'll just come out and lay an egg. So part of me, and, and I think maybe that's part of me that had to do with the whole rant about not playing Cincy. Like Cincy's going to step on it because they just always seem to, um, right. you know, because now all of a sudden Cincinnati is everybody's Super Bowl in that conference. Cincinnati's going to get the best shot from every team left on their schedule in that conference. And I think out of those games, one of the ones that kind of highlighted for me is Tulsa. I think Tulsa. Tulsa's and, always dangerous. Right. And that's why I'm kind of, curious about how that one might play out but you know that's either here or there on them i think just overall with this game i mean limited complaints i was happy i could be happier again the killer instinct was probably the biggest one penalties again if if it pops up again next week then we it's something that we're having issues with this is a chippy game texas and arkansas kids play against each other you know they know each other um but still to this point the fact that not only we won that. Yeah, we won the game, and it was in convincing fashion. But we won. We have won nine straight yeah. against these guys. They have not beaten us since joining the SEC. It's so salty. I mean, that is an absolutely incredible stat line. And you know what? The amount of salt that is coming out of that fan base is just glorious, and I'm all here for it. It's it's just fascinating to me, and and so, like I got tagged in something. I tried to respond, and then these. What I could only assume is either current students or very recent grads were just like yipping back at me on Twitter, and it dawned on me that there's nothing I have to validate to people like this um, ever. So I just uh, I appreciate a couple people were like, hey, you, uh, I appreciate you guys kind of kind of following up and 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 and, and, and uh, help, helping my case, but. Hey, it dawned on me that they're not worth. I, like I got tagged originally in some Arkansas post a guy that was like, "Hope you all get COVID and die or Which something." I'm just like, like that. okay, like, guys, it's, it's a freaking yeah. game. Chill out. Our, well, we're sorry that you have this inferiority complex that just runs so deep in your roots in your state. Well, and I've, and I've <laughs> talked out. about this before, not on the podcast, but just for years. Like, if you live in Arkansas, what do you have? You have Arkansas football, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, Arkansas football and Walmart. Pro sports don't want anything to do with you at any level. And nothing. So, literally, all you have 
He said, go outside and call the hogs while you're crying. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, after another loss against mean old Aggie. Well, and I will say, it's a it's a fascinating... There's a lot of great people right. in Fayetteville, though. Sure. Fayetteville's a cool town. It's a, it's a cool town. The problem is, with, 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 with Arkansas, it is such a unique fan base in that if you talk to them preseason, it doesn't matter what the sport is. It doesn't matter what the previous rankings were. It doesn't matter about any of that stuff. They are national title contenders every year in every sport because that's what this this is their Dallas Cowboys. Well, this is their New York Yankees. This is their team. Well, and and I, I mean, I grew up through the sixty minutes of hell with Nolan Harris and that basketball team. They they could sit there and say, "Hey, this is our year," because they had a shot at it. Arkansas right. baseball, phenomenal program. Oh no they, doubt, you know, they got a shot at it. Arkansas no titles, football. Though <laughs> here's the catch: Arkansas football. Right. Um. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like, you can talk to anybody else right now, but right now you're, I mean, you're 364 days, you know, give or take, from being 0 and 10. So, and you know what it reminds me of, and I and I hate to say this, but, you know, self-reflection is very important. Man, next year's our year. <laughs> Where have I heard that crap before? Well, man, we're just out here. You had to rub that one on, didn't you? <laughs> well, yeah, but at the same time, like, we don't say that anymore. No. You know, this is our year at A&M. And, and it, again, a million times, Sam Pittman, good hire. You're going to stab yourself above the Mississippis. I've talked about the Leach experiment. I've talked about the Kiffin experiment. I Look, they're going to win some they shouldn't, and they're going to lose the rest of them. But our Arkansas is in position right now to kind of battle Auburn. It's well, kind of where right. I see moving forward. Arkansas fans, if, you know, at this point, you guys are a solid mid-tier SEC team, and That's LSU might literally drop to that. I, you want to, you want to talk about a, a fall from grace. So, and I'm not going to talk in depth about LSU, sure. but, but, oh, so sorry. Yeah. Uh, maybe, no tears. Yeah, maybe your donors shouldn't steal from children's hospitals, and these things could, wouldn't happen. Yeah, um, wait, I'm not wait, sure wait, if wait, I believe in karma, but then I saw right. that, and maybe it's karma. Right. Waste taxpayer money on a lazy river that yeah. you guys can't afford, despite the fact you guys desperately need a library. It's but just, whatever. Yeah. yeah. God. It, no, it, it's just you know Arkansas does have a, an opportunity right now where I think Auburn. I, I don't care that they beat the crap at LSU. I, I I think A&M consolidated would keep LSU. You know, maybe three quarters yeah. and be tight. They're just bad. They're bad football. They got a bad defensive coordinator. It turns out Ed Orgeron wasn't the driving factor behind that team. It was Joe Burrow and like 47 NFL players right. on the roster. So Ed O walked into this beautiful situation that made him look amazing. But now LSU fans are figuring out that he's just a football coach. Hmm. Where have we heard that before? Yeah. yeah. And Bo Pelini sucks. Yeah. I and mean, he sucked for years. Why he got hired? Like, why you guys didn't see this coming at all, I have no idea. So I have zero fear of LSU. I think y'all are a joke. If there is a single LSU fan out here, please share it out to all your friends. I think y'all are an absolute travesty on the football field, and you deserve it. You deserve it for how ridiculous you've been and some of the crap you've pulled over all the years. Uh, but I think Arkansas uh, can can move into that tier, and I think uh, Auburn is – I think, I just, I, again, who cares if you beat LSU – Auburn's in a in a weird phase where they can either slide or they can progress, but I think it'll all come down to the last game of our season, which how yeah. Auburn's uh, program is perceived, and yeah. and and so like it's Alabama and then the next tier, like, and I firmly believe we're in that next tier. So who wants to join Certainly. us? Because there's really only like one other team in the West that can. No. You can have a second tier in the West with five teams, right? And that might be Auburn, but we'll, might be, but we'll see. Uh, okay, so weird. So we'll get into a little bit on South Carolina. Sure. Um, but like you know, we can talk about the very few games nationally that that really matter. Sure. The first, obviously, being Clemson Notre Dame. Sure. Sunshine's out till Sunday, and uh, so that means Clemson gets Notre Dame uh, without Trevor Lawrence. Which I think, if Clemson wins that game, and I firmly believe they will, uh, I think that's just going to further solidify what we already knew about Notre Dame. Well, I think it also solidifies what we think about Clemson. Right. Like, look, Trevor Lawrence is an absolute man, but... Uh, They're a machine. You, you know, it, just remember that yeah. Trevor Trevor Lawrence is out. Travis Etienne is not. Mm-hmm. That offensive line is not. Literally every other piece in that offense is not. So, right. I think last week against BC was a really... Uh, 
Like, what a glorious time, if there ever were, to be missing your quarterback than when you get Boston College. And it looked okay early for Boston College, but... Then Clemson remembered that they were Clemson. And they came back and won. Yeah, and they came back and won. So it's... um, Could it be a tight game? Sure. Uh, I I still don't believe that Notre Dame's any good. I I don't know that they've really beat anybody. Um, And Clemson has beat the brakes off some people, and, and they just won a game... Without a Heisman contender quarterback, right. not just a Heisman like you know, a Heisman contending quarterback. So, and knowing what you know about what I think about the importance of quarterbacks, right? If Clemson can win that game when they were in a dogfight, mm-hmm. you know, for thirty minutes, um, you know, the last thirty minutes they they did what Clemson's capable of doing, right? And so I roll. I'll take Clemson over Notre Dame. I like that one too. I think Notre Dame, you know, they'll play. They'll I play. think Notre Dame will play inspired. Sure. It, uh, it might be another case where maybe Clemson goes down 7 or 10. If Clemson gets down by more than 10 against Notre Dame, it can be a, it can be a problem. Right. Now, you have, you have games in South Bend. I don't know how much that's going to matter. But, like I said, I, I well, do. Well, yeah, Big Ten and 10, it, it just, it's a different, you know. I, I, do, I do think it's going to be a Clemson win, though. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, and then, really, the only other major games um, that were going on, uh, you did have Florida and Georgia. Yeah, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, which, first of all, is one of the greatest names oh, in all of rivalries. Fantastic name. Um, second of all, I love they're doing Jacksonville, so we're going to have a ton of fans. Oh, yeah. Um, and third, this should be a really good football game. Yeah, I think there's a really good probability of that. I mean, I think. But, right. But, here's my caveat. Who has tested Trask outside of us? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, Florida really hasn't quite played anybody yet. Except for us. <laughs> right, well, you yeah, womp. So, you know, Georgia has a eh, quarterback, which means everybody else is good, including the defense. Georgia's defense is good, all right? Right. Um, and if Georgia can get to Florida early defensively, if, if they can really kind of shut it down, I don't think Florida has the guns to to catch up. Right. I, th- I think you look at kind of how um, um, looking just as, as things have been cruising along with Florida and Georgia. I think Georgia themselves, very obviously good team. Maybe not from a shutting people completely down facet of the game. Take care of business though. You know they do take they, care of business. They're like us. Yeah, they look like really us. good. Minus well, minus a half. Well, minus a half at Arkansas. Well, and that, and and, and the second and half. Bama, of Bama, right? So they really had two bad quarters of football this year. Like, well, I mean, two bad halves of football. Of yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of been the, the story of the year. I think. So as, despite Bennett, they've right, been good. The, despite Bennett, they've been pretty solid. So, man, I don't know. I I, I have a hard time looking at. Looking at this game, and really saying that I like Florida over Georgia or vice versa. I mean, and the line is stressing that because it's a three and a half favorite to Georgia. Well, it's a neutral site though, and so it's a neutral site. So Georgia's the clear favorite. Um, I think I don't even have to know the roster to know that Georgia has tailbacks that will be on an NFL roster. Uh-huh. That's just kind of what they do. It's like Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. I, I err towards Georgia because, again, when you have a passing team like Florida with, with Trask, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, when he doesn't have the ball, he can't score. And if you got running backs, he can dominate. When you have a quarterback like Georgia has where you don't really want to put the game into his hands fully, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to rely on the run game and rely on defense. That's good old-fashioned Georgia football. You right. know, Defense and running. Uh, you pass when you absolutely have to. So uh, I, I like Georgia in this game. I don't know if they – I mean, I'd like him to win by about six or seven. Sure. I mean, even up to ten, to be honest. As long as it's not a blowout win, it looks great for us. Because Florida competes with a great team. You know, top five team in Georgia. Couldn't quite pull it out in the end. So, a six or seven point win, if you're an Aggie, is what you're rooting for. You're rooting for Uga, and you want six or seven points. All right. So, uh, definitely looking at the rest of the SEC. We've got a few other games. Uh, really, only two other games on the schedule this week. Uh, it's light week, a lot of bye week people but um yeah. yeah we already had ours time with the rest of the league yeah right so you have a um, first game which will be at 2 30 on sec network you're gonna have uh vanderbilt at mississippi state you know one was that the 2 30 game on, well it's sec network oh, it's, i'm sorry tell me that's cbs yeah i'm sorry yeah I'm sorry. it's like yeah so you know all right you have the cbs game the you know that one's gonna be georgia florida obviously yeah. 
But you look at Vanderbilt, Mississippi State going on about the same time. Uh, Dude. You know, like here, let me go anchor ahead. down, uh, baby. Anchor down, but let me give you what what their what their logic is here. So, one win between these two between these two guys. Um, and here's the funny part: Mississippi State is an eighteen and a half point favorite. Eighteen and a half. The, and they have here's here's a funny in Starkville. It, yeah, in Starkville. Here's here's a funny stat for you though. If if we're gonna go down this road, so. How many points did Miss the Mississippi State score against LSU? Do you remember what the final of that 58 was? Fifty-eight or something like that. It was forty-four to thirty-four. Yeah, a lot. Since man. since that game, Vanderbilt, uh, well, Mississippi State has scored thirty points on the year, and yes, fourteen of that was against us, but one of those was a pick-six. Get off! And they're gonna win by how many? They say eighteen and a half. I have Vandy absolutely one hundred percent covering this game. Dude, you know what? I'm going to take Vandy to win. I'm okay with Vandy And just an absolute meltdown in Starkville combined with this logical reasoning that don't worry, Leach will get us there. He just doesn't have his guys yet. Right. You know what? I I, I like Derek Mason. I know they're calling for him to be fired, and I'm sure he will be after this season. Probably. But uh, I tell you what, you go, go on the road and beat Mississippi State, things might change a little bit. So uh, just for fun... I'll, I'll take Vandy in that one. Right. So. I don't dislike the Pirate, but how perfect would that be? I mean, I mean, and I love statistically what's going on here between the two quarterbacks. This is incredible. So, Seals uh, for Vandy, he's, you know, 79 of 118 for 730 yards passing. He's got five touchdowns, five picks. Meanwhile, Costello's sitting here with 134 of 207. Um, he has six touchdowns and ten interceptions. Handpicked by Leach, I might add. Yes. And, uh. The Vandy kids freshman. So, yes. you know what? I, I would I would almost drop fifty bucks on Vandy to win outright, just because I bet the odds are great. Right, anchor down on that one for sure. Uh, night game, and this one's relevant for us because it's our last opponent and our next opponent after South Carolina. Uh, Tennessee at Arkansas. Uh, Tennessee is a one and a half point favorite on the road. I don't know what to think about this game. You have two teams that are both set at two and three, an Arkansas team that is definitely above where we thought they would, and Tennessee, who's maybe a little under where some people thought they would be. Well, I think they're I think they're way lower than what they were initially, you know, preseason. Picked. Sure. Uh, here's the only thing I'll say about this game. It can't go wrong for us. No. We just beat Arkansas. If they beat Tennessee, two things. One, everybody's going to be like, hey, but they bounce back from the A&M win. Right. So that does well for us in the narrative. Right. And then we go into Tennessee, probably a 24-point favorite, and we'll win by 23. Probably. But, <laughs> jerks. But, um, but if Tennessee wins and we beat Tennessee, like, again, it goes back to us taking care of business, but relative to this game and its outcome, there's not a bad outcome for us. No. It doesn't matter who gets their doors blown off. Because if Tennessee, like, well, if there is a blowout, I'm about to say, if Tennessee blows out Arkansas and then we beat Tennessee, awesome. If Arkansas it. blows out Tennessee, then, man, we just beat the team that blew the doors off Tennessee. Right. So this is one of those fun little kind of happenstance where the schedule works out. Sure. This can't go wrong for us. No, it can't. I mean, unless it's like 7-5 to five at the end of the game. Which, you know, at that point, it would just be a trash football. Yeah. Game. So um, if we're looking at this, uh, who do you, I, I have Arkansas. I think Arkansas wins this game. I think it's that though. I think they do bounce back. I think they were looking yeah. better down the stretch. I think it's going to be them. Yeah, I, I think at home, I think they can pull it off. Uh, I, again, it, it depends on what Tennessee quarterback comes. Uh, like, they literally actually start, not comes to play, like, right. who literally is under center. Um, but, again, I think maybe Arkansas uh, – I, I think Butch Jones is terrible during the season. So, I think – Butch Jones will make a really bad decision on who to start a quarterback. Right. Arkansas will get back on their accidental ball hawking ways. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee will probably maybe turn the ball over three, four times, and Arkansas will run away with this yeah. 14, 20, 21 points. Yeah, I like I like Arkansas taking that one. Um, which kind of boils us down, kind of here at the end. Uh, A&M, South Carolina. Cocky game. We're at South Carolina. Yes, rivalry. Big-time rivalry. Yeah, and I... Huge. Yeah. Classic. James Butler Bonham Trophy, baby. Seriously, like, what, you know, what's the difference between a Gamecock and a bucket of shit? 
Well, quite a few things. There's really no reason to make that comparison. I really respect Gamecock, so rivalry. Rivalry? Yeah, rivalry. That was probably the yeah. funniest thing on Twitter if you haven't checked it out check today. out String. It's, it's, it's so great. Like, I, I, I don't... What a, what a rivalry. Um, the best rivalry. South Carolina is really bad at football. And if you haven't picked that up, then you haven't watched a lot of South Carolina highlights and kind of game recaps. Yeah. I do want to kind of go over their games up at this point. So, they are sitting at 2-3. and three. Um, they dropped game one against Tennessee in, a, in what was a tight ball game. Uh, then they and Tennessee's not good at football. And Tennessee's not good at football. Uh, they lost to Florida thirty-eight twenty-four, which you know. Well, and what's crazy about that game is they were up like 21-7 or fourteen nothing. I mean, they. I remember looking up at that game, going, "Oh crap, South Carolina's got this." Wow, they look at Florida; they're not very good. Well, yeah. And Florida just proceeded to blow their doors off for the rest of the game. Well, and they did. It's, it's because you know, Florida adjusting as opposed to South Carolina kind of blowing their water early. Right. And then you have South Carolina, and then, of course, you know Vanderbilt got wiped with the floor. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only real surprise on the schedule well, the, were the next two games. They go and they beat Auburn at home. Which such a weird game. But, oh, man. It was game, a weird game. It went like a downpour. It was just a gross, sloppy game. Like I, I, I feel like that game was like – It was it was a sunny game. There's a lot of – What's that game? Yeah, yeah, that, that was that I'm was. I'm trying to think of South Carolina game that was like really like a mud job. But yeah, no, I mean, th- that was a game that just. I but mean, again, I don't believe in Auburn. What, what happened in that game, and that was honestly what sealed it for him was Knicks had three interceptions. Oh yeah. So that that didn't help. You don't get bad Knicks. You just that, I think that's about Knicks. Probably, and then of course then they go to LSU and get absolutely manhandled, fifty-two twenty-four. How do you get manhandled by LSU? They're terrible. Right. So now they're sitting here on a bye week, coming into this game. Actually, here's. Yeah, so we get them coming off a of bye week. Whatever. Big deal, right? But so we come into this game, and I think as we look statistically between the two teams, really it's hard to judge what South Carolina's strengths are because I don't think it's honestly from the offensive standpoint. You know, you have a guy that's thrown for over a thousand yards. He has five touchdowns with three picks. Meanwhile, Kellen Mond, you know, he's got about two hundred additional yards passing, but has twelve touchdowns to two. Uh, you look at their rushing game. You know, average rushing yards per game. Yeah, they have a guy that he's running pretty well. Uh, that's probably going to be their one strength is going to be the running back game. Well, the problem is if, if running is your strength and you play us, then you're kind of screwed. Right. You know, I think it's been shown that, uh, you know, if you're going to have any success against us whatsoever, you better have a dynamic passing game. Sure. Just not a passing offense because Mississippi State had that, and here we are. Sure. You know, <laughs> you have to have a dynamic passing game, which includes pass coverage. It includes – Good route runners. It includes smart decisions by the quarterback. So if if your strength relies on the ground against us, you're done. Sure, you're I mean, done. Right, and I, and I look at so this kind of plays to something I found really interesting. If you look at the stats between the two teams, A and M is averaging thirty point eight points a game. Uh, no, South Carolina is averaging twenty nine point two. Um, meanwhile, we're only allowing twenty nine point four a game, and they're allowing thirty. So by that. Stat alone, we're a one-point favorite just based on that. But if you look at the actual yardage, A&M's, you know, we're we're averaging 426 yards a game to their 378, and we are allowing uh, less yardage than them at 375 to 402. Well, and when you talk about yards allowed, you also have to remember, uh, you know, we let off the gas. Like I said, there's extra 100-some-odd yards just in the fourth quarter. When we had just completely quit, if you count the two scoring drives, it was 144 yards we gave up. Right. Basically, at the end of the third and the fourth quarter, and scoring drives, we weren't necessarily trying to play tight. I mean, you're always trying to play tight defense, but, again, it was just kind of bend, down break, and we broke a little bit. But And, then again, we didn't cover the spread, but it was still a comfortable win. It was. Uh, you know, you go back uh, uh, to Mississippi State, uh, you know, we, we didn't win by a whole lot, but – one of those, yeah, they scored 14 points. One of them was a pick six. Sure. Or a defensive test. Yeah, well, right. uh, yeah, the funky bonk pick six. But, um, you know, we held the offense in check. So, if, you know, if you can't throw the ball against us, you're done. And, right. And I think that's – and you saw it with Alabama. Um, Alabama's uh, – the majority of their rushing yards came in the fourth quarter. So, we really – if you yeah. kind of pull it back, and you can't. I get that the whole game stats count. Right. But if you take out them just trying to run, run the clock down – we held them about 80 yards, same right. as they held us to. But what they did was just destroy us through the air. So if we can maintain the posture of, uh, of stopping the run, if you could stop the run, it's easier to stop the pass. Right. So that's where I kind of look at these stats and say, eh, yards allowed is going to get one point. Like, 
you know, points per drive or uh, right or you know yards per play or can can be a, a lot closer to. Uh, to, to factual evidence to sure. compare each other, which is fair to say. I mean, you look at Texas A and M, and obviously we're leading on all you know on both of those. Yeah. So uh, it's... so so uh, you know about the only other thing for them is yeah they they do they rush their rush yards are less than ours and obviously passing yards are way less than ours too. Yeah. So, so I mean, if you're doing both of those less like, and you're running up against a team that is just barreling down the tracks because we are full of confidence. Right. We already had our bye week. Um, you know, and, and came in and really just flat out took care of business. Okay, and th- this is a business trip. We're going to go on the road. And to, we, yeah, we yeah. have back-to-back business trips. But South Carolina, uh, it's, it's not an intimidating place to play. Um, yeah, especially not even, right now. Even when it's full, right. it's not. Um, and it's not intimidating because the most intimidating thing in that stadium relative to wearing, you know, scarlet and black or whatever the hell their colors are yeah. um, is the head coach. And he's just intimidating because he's like, that dude just yells a whole lot. He doesn't really say anything, but he yells a lot. So he's super, you know, Mr. Meanie Pants. But that's not going to matter because the team has never really taken on the persona that, uh, that Muschamp, I think, really wanted them to take on. Right. They're not tough. They're not gritty. They don't play tough defense, and they haven't in a long time. And so yeah. I think it's, I think this is going to be a, a brutal one that maybe because we're on the road, we make sure that we don't let off the gas too early. Sure. Uh, give me a score prediction. Man, I, I I'll go like I'll go back to Arkansas, uh, back before we decided to just go into a shell because I don't think we go necessarily into a shell on the road as much. Um, but you know, Mond on the road isn't Mond at Kyle Field. I get that. Right. But man, on the road over the last couple of years, even I, I, man, we love to run the ball and we love to run it well. So I mean, I'll go forty-one seventeen. Yeah, where we had Arkansas before we left the gas. Sure, I. I'm going to give South Carolina just a little additional credit. I say, I'm say i saying 31-21, and the only reason they're going to get that 21 is because they score garbage time touchdown. Yeah, I mean, if they get to 21, I'm fine. I, I still like the 41, I'm fine with. Uh, yeah, I, I could almost say 45 out of the offense. Right. I, and I, you know, if the offense does that, I'm going to be much happier. But I just think with the road game, I wouldn't be shocked if we don't quite well, do what we do. But. I, I think – Given this road game where, you know, our, our first road game was Bama, right? Sure. And then the second was you know, the second State. was South Carolina. And when you go on the road against a team that you have to know you're better than talent-wise, and you realize that this isn't going on the road to Tuscaloosa, I and, and this team's on a mission now. You know, we talked about it. Once you do it, you know you can do it. You're ready for the next challenge. So I think this is a really go out and prove it on the road game for this team. Right. I think if there's kind of a – Oops, not as pretty as it should have been when on the road. It will be Tennessee and not South Carolina. I think you're right. I think they're going to Columbia, South Carolina to prove a point, and it would not surprise me for us to get to 50. I, I think I think there's an additional factor that I do want to throw in there, which I think is... The trophy, right? The well, rivalry. The rivalry. Well, <laughs> I, I would say the rivalry, but I, I think, honestly, it's, it's the A&M intimidation factor with South Carolina. This is a team that has never beaten us in football, ever. You know, the rivalry, your first game ever was 14. You have lost consistently to us both at home and on the road. And we're better than we've ever been. And we are we are as good of a team. Playing, it's playing South Carolina, we're as good as we've ever been. So, I mean, it's more of a case of, you know, knowing exactly what you were saying. You're not lining up across the crimson and white of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. You're lining up across the field from South Carolina who's going to be wearing garnet, black, whatever. Garnet, but that's just what it is. Right. Yeah. But, but they're going to be wearing whatever, and it does not matter who they are because you know you are a better team than them, and go out and take care of business. Go out and take care of business. Execute, take care of business, and this this could be a really lopsided game. It could be. Which Which – would look great coming off the optics of last week. Sure. And you just feel this A&M team is absolutely offensively found its stride. And if you think defensively they do a better lockdown and just kind of keep things going. I mean, I think just from our rushing game standpoint and the fact that Weidermeyer is looking like a world beater and, oh, and Kellen Mond so has good. just been an absolute – I mean, he Spiller, is. Anias, I mean, chain. I mean, the weapons are coming out. Yeah. Hezekiah Jones, how about that dude? I was about to say, I was about to say Hezekiah so Jones coming in. So great to see in. him play well coming off of injury. Well, well, and, you know, another, you know, going back to the Arkansas game, there was an, another, you know, sustain that I wanted to throw in there. I'll go ahead, I guess I'll just drop it, you know, drop that bad boy in the bucket right now. But you look at, um, you know, running back depth now. Because you had this other kid, you know, Devin Akane comes in. A chain. A chain, sorry. Ah, uh, chain. It's okay. like I too, but I chain. I chain, but he comes yeah. in and you know he rips off a thirty-yard run after Spiller came out of the game. Oh, he's special. 
I have to tell you, Odd Chain is special, special. So, it's, oof. I mean, between so him, many weapons. Right. Well, between him, Spiller, and Anaya Smith, you've got enough offensively in the backfield to help you out. You've got wide receivers, you know, despite the fact we've lost many pieces. Chase Lane. Yeah, I mean, Chase Lane's Hezekiah a good. Hezekiah Jones shows up. Yeah. Even though he's not a wide receiver in the passing game, you have Weidermeyer. Right. And so you have these weapons, and it's, I won't say it's embarrassment of riches, because obviously there are players that aren't there. You wish that were there. Chapman got hurt. You know, we had some players opt, opt out. out. Um, Which, you know, you why know, would you opt out Bay, of something Baylor, this fun? Baylor, Baylor, right. Baylor Cup got hurt again, so... There's, I mean, we're talking about weapons that aren't even in the magazine. Man, you got you got rounds that aren't in the chamber. So it's it's fun to watch, and I don't think South Carolina defensively has a remote chance of stopping it. It's whether or not South Carolina decides to institute an entire like run and shoot old Houston Oilers style offense. Because mm-hmm. if they got to rely on the run at all, I think South Carolina's done. And I and I think the big thing, which you know always is a factor on the road that we have to keep into mind always. Just, you know, limit mistakes. You know, no turnovers, no stupid penalties. Well, and we've done that well. And, and we've done that very well, and we just got to keep that going. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, ball security is paramount. And, yes. And the, and the way that we've kind of approached it looks like we've approached it that way. Again, the pick six in Mississippi State is one of the most freakish pick six I've ever seen. It happens. And it's really kind of not on the fly. If you want to pick on something, you can. But, again, the turnovers that we have had uh, – Man, look at the sacks, look at the turnovers, look how well we're playing, third down efficiency. Right. Offense, you know, rushing. Just all of it's been so great and so fun to watch. And I think it absolutely keeps rolling on what is kind of the big maroon train coming down the tracks right, right. now. And, and I would not want to be South Carolina this weekend. I'm no. telling you right now. So, yeah, so like in our – Talk about being uh, defeated right. after their game last week. Right, no kidding. I, I, think, I think we're sitting here just kind of cruising in the right direction. I like what we're seeing, so – it's, but, you know, again, still fix the little things. But when you hear it, not from the coach, because coach speak will always say, well, we got some things to clean up. We got uh, right. But when you hear the players about it on a Monday after the game in press conference talking about Mistakes, what they know right. they need to clean up and what they understand is, you know, th- that isn't necessarily just talking points from the top. That's them in a culture of a program understanding and they seeing recognize. things that they know. Yes. You know, on Sunday they're watching tape. On Monday they're watching tape. So these press conferences are very specific to um, – you know what they understand they need to clean up. This isn't just a, a bullet point, you know, bullet points on a note card at them at a press conference. So it's right. and it's fun to see that culture that's being built yeah. of expectation. Yeah. And, so. and it's safe to say that we're moving in the right direction. With I'm that. excited, man. I, I really yeah. like just I I'm excited and I have very little worry and and I understand it uh, I'm not I, I'm not not there, not that there's zero concern because there always is playing a football game on the road in the SEC. But right. I, I, man, I feel really good about this, and I feel as good about this weekend as I did this past Saturday with Arkansas. Sure. And minus two, you know, garbage touchdowns when we just really went into a shell. Mm-hmm. But again, we got to stop going to the shell. That's right. Biggest improve. So as we move uh, on into this next week, uh, just one other thing that I did want to touch on, uh, as we are getting into. You know, a, a very important time in our country this week. You know, we do have the election. Well, by the time uh, this uh, comes out, it'll be done? Or is it it, well, yeah. it's, it's going to be coming out tomorrow yeah, morning. Oh, okay, so we'll be in the midst of it. So we'll be in the midst of election day. So, I mean, if you're going to be listening to this today, uh, just a few things to keep in mind. And we're, we're not, like I said, we're not a political podcast, and we're not going to go down that road. Mm-hmm. But what we will, what I will say is go out, you know, conduct your civil responsibility. If you haven't done it yet. You're listening today, and you yeah. haven't done it yet. Yes. Go out and vote. You know, conduct your civil responsibility. And regardless of the outcome, no matter what side of the table you're on, respect everybody around right. you. Take care of each other. Recognize we're all Americans. And we are all going to strive together to continue to have, you know, continue to push this country in the right direction. And the world's not going to end, that's for sure. No, regardless of who wins. So, you so. know, and if you are in certain areas, just kind of keep in mind with what's going on and what the, yeah, what is anticipated. Just be careful. And well, and, and yeah, just just look. Nothing's gonna get as crazy. Everybody thinks it's gonna get probably and, not. Uh, just a, a, a quick kind of thought thoughts and prayers out to uh, Vienna tonight. Yes. Um, when you read this, you might already see kind of the news that's already unfolded. I haven't read a lot of it. We started the podcast. Right. Um, and I just kind of seen it. So, uh, and thoughts out to Vienna. Um, yeah, scary what's stuff. Going, yeah, no, absolutely scary. So, but again, uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you know. Uh, is it Rob underscore White 14? Yeah. And Roy May at Roy May 15. 
Um, you know, check out Rob on all his uh, social media stuff, and, and you know, still got Good yeah. Bull Barbecue, and yep. any any shows coming up? Well, uh, yeah, a handful. Uh, we actually do have a. Um, uh, we'll be playing the Keg and Jewett, but uh, I'll be highlighting. We actually have two shows in College Station next week at the Tap Friday and Saturday night, and our single with next us, week. So yeah, okay, next we'll week we'll make sure we hit again on that. Yeah, we'll hit it. We'll hit again on that next week. But our single's coming out. Um, uh, this Friday, and so make with sure Jordan Nicks. with Jordan Nix. Okay. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. And, and like I said, I'm supporting that, supporting him continuously. And uh, of course, we want, you know, we just want to make sure everybody's enjoying themselves. And yeah, and that's the best. We get to have fun. We're all through Halloween, it's right. holiday season. Uh, one thing I, I tweeted out: the Aggies can uh, drive. It's the uh, Texas A&M Athletics runs a can food yes. drive. Uh, can food drive. Um, obviously, because of social distancing, they set it up a little differently. You actually text three one three one three one to Aggies, or excuse me, text Aggies can to three one three one three one, and that's one word: Aggies can. So right. thirty one thirty one thirty one, uh, and it gives you an option uh, how much you want to donate. I mean, you're talking about they can make five meals out of a dollar. So if you can, you know, absolutely go out. You know, we're, we're heading into the holidays. Um, and, and hunger is still an issue in everybody's community. It always is. And if for if you don't have the money right now to donate, uh, also remember that it gets it's, it's getting cold, and it's even getting cold in Texas, and it's going to get cold. Um, you know, go through those closets. If you got sweaters, you got jackets. Um, you know, if you haven't worn them in a couple of years, round them up. Please donate them to your local shelters. Uh, you know, there are, there are families in need. There are veterans in need. Right. Um, so yeah, the the. I, there's a there's a lot of stuff that's really difficult for the holiday about the holidays for a lot of people. Um, but the one thing we can always stay positive about through the holiday season, because like I said, once you get Halloween, the holidays just come with a flurry. Right. And yeah, the one thing we can't stay positive about is, is our ability to to help our fellow man and, and fellow fellow right. fellow humans and fellow Americans and, and your community. So just just remember that as, as we start sliding into the into the holiday uh, season and we started thinking about, you know, turkey and ham and family and all that good stuff. And always remember that uh, there are a lot of people out there uh, that can use your help and, and, and you don't have to donate a thousand dollars. You know, they'll take your help in any way, shape or form. So I'll always, you know, think of the people that are less fortunate than, than you right now. Right. So, um, and, and I'll probably bang that drum until we're done for the year. I'm about to say, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that a few more times. But, uh, but yeah. hey, thanks for listening. Share yeah. it out. Sure thing. Spotify, YouTube, all that stuff. Yeah, Spot, yeah Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, uh, you know, Gig'em, love y'all. And of course, a big shout out to the top of the table, Liverpool. You'll never walk alone, baby. Yeah, nobody cares about those because they cheated. Ah. Liverpool cheated. Whatever. So all right, hey, hey Gig'em, come on, you